This is professional wrestling legend, downtown Bruno, who is privileged enough to be on the Oversell Podcast. It is episode 107, and we are getting ready for WWE No Mercy. Get ready. This is the Oversell Podcast. Welcome to the Oversell Podcast. My name is Derek. I don't even think that Mike picked you up at all. <laughs> well, little, I'm Mike regardless. We are a little soft-spoken today. It's episode 107 of the Oversell Podcast. WWE No Mercy is this weekend. Also this weekend, I cannot be there this week due to work, but I want to uh, really uh, stress that you need to get out to 3715 South Perkins Road in Memphis, Tennessee, and check out Committed to Wrestling, Reno Diamond versus Bishop Cage 2. The last two times these guys met, it was a great match. Bishop Cage, I keep saying it every week, is probably the best wrestler in Memphis. I don't know, he may be up there near Lex level in my book. <laughs> really? Yeah, man, not only is he just incredible in the ring, but uh, kind of struck up a friendship with him outside of the ring, and that's just another reason why I'm starting to like it, because we both love football. I mean, we can sit there and talk and everything, not to break kayfabe or whatever, right? but Bishop Cage is also a pretty good dude. Now, when he gets in the ring, he still scares the shit out of me, because... Apparently he scares you if he just walks past you. Yeah, yeah, that's all That's all he has to do. Um to do but uh, they yeah they've they've got a killer card going on this weekend get out to 3715 south perkins road and check out committed to wrestling 15 dollars gets you a vip package with that vip package you're going to get to meet with the wrestlers do a little meet and greet i think you get like a free popcorn and a drink with that and you get to sit in the front row so folks 3715 south perkins road committed to wrestling they're on twitter at committed ctw they are on facebook committed to wrestling it's a really great promotion it's you know they're still in their infancy over there at 3715 south perkins road but to me it's a well-run show it's and it's, it's very fun uh so get out there and check it out mike, okay yeah mike what wrestling have you got to watch this week pretty much raw and a little bit of smackdown what oh, well before we get into that what any recent more recent tna news you can, Not I, that I've watched yet. Okay. I'm still way, way the fuck behind. You're our that. TNA guy. You are the official TNA yeah. guy. Um, I'll catch up at some point. Well, I know Morrison is now. I don't know what his is. He what he's going by over there. Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact. Okay. Yeah. All right. And Taya right. is now Taya Valkyrie. Yeah. Over there, which I love Taya Valkyrie, man. She is fun to watch in the ring. Uh, I got to get caught up on Lucha Underground because I'm sure Ultima. Lucha Trace is right around the corner, and I've got to be able to talk about that on the show. Um, but yeah, no, WWE No Mercy is this weekend. A Raw only pay per view. Another pay per view. Another another Sunday Night Raw. <laughs> uh, have you seen pictures of uh, arenas at these shows? The crowd low right yeah. now. Crowd attendance, yeah, it's looking pretty low. I mean, it, hashtag not a seat filler, but I bet you those guys <laughs> were busy as hell. On these well, nights I mean, here, you know, most of the pictures are showing. You know, it's you know the upper levels are tarped off. Well, no, or, I've seen the area where the hard camera sits. 
not where it shoots, but where it sits, that, yeah. that side is completely empty. Oh, yeah. Going up into the risers, all that's empty. Yeah. So they set, usually they're, never show that on camera anyway. Well, so. Yeah, but I'm just saying that's but part yeah. of that's a big problem, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's it's starting to look like impact, you know, numbers. It's and, that's, and, you know, impacts that low just because of the arena that they usually film in. I mean, it's just a small... Right, right. You know, these are, it's not Barclays. It's not right. these you major know. arenas that Raw go into. What do you think what do you, what do you think is attributing to this? There's no tell. I mean, I don't really think it's I don't think it's because of the product that they're putting out. I know a lot of people are saying it's kind of shit right now and nothing's really you know, enticing you to watch or anything like that. But I don't know. It I mean, it's kind of always, you know, this is always kind of the slow, one of the slow times of the wrestling year for, you know, at least for WWE. It's a start I mean, of fo- ca- it's a start of football season, right? And that's that's uh, gonna that always has an effect, regardless if they want to admit that or not. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, to me, you know, I think their product has steadily, steadily declined over the past maybe year, year and a half, right? Um, and you know, it could be. Ticket prices too, you know, have yeah. gone up over the years, and you know, you don't want to pay. I mean, I don't know how really how much it is for ringside at Raw now, but I know it's like pay per views, it's you know a couple hundred dollars to get ringside. Uh, yeah, you know what? Let's let's look up. Let's look up Monday Night Raw. I'm trying to remember what when we went to Raw. What was our ticket price showing on the ticket or? I can't remember what it was, but I know it was under a hundred bucks. But still, it was. I mean, if you know, they have these guys that um, go to like hundreds of shows a a year. You know, you see the guy in the green shirt with the smiley face on. Oh yeah, yeah. You see, you'll see the same couple guys like yep everywhere. So we want to go. Let's say uh, let's Denver, Colorado. Let's go to Denver. Monday, October second, Denver, Colorado. We want, we want ringside. We want to sit where. Let's see. How about can I click there? Four ticket. Lower level luxury seats, ninety four dollars each. So with all their extra charges and all, you're probably looking at about one hundred fifteen, hundred twenty bucks yep. per row, ticket. Row FF. F in this arena. Actually, these two these tickets are one hundred ninety one each, but they look to be. Right next to, um, well, now this is the opposite side. Yeah, the opposite side. side of the stage. Yeah, yeah. So, let's see. Let's. What about B? So I mean, facing the stage. If you go next to the ramps, you're getting up into the couple hundred bucks there a ticket. See on the other side, same thing. Couple of. All right, go into the just the lower bowl, like the the orange section. Yeah, see. Okay, about eighty. Well, it's still loading. Let's see. Upper upper price seats. You're still looking at two hundred bucks there. Hundred cheapest seats, a hundred bucks. I mean, that's that's expensive for seats like that, right? Uh, is there a? Can you click on like the, you know, like what nosebleed would be? I guess and see just if. Well, they probably don't even sell. Here's the <laughs> eight tickets at six, here uh, in this section two oh eight, which looks so, I mean, to that's, be that's upper definitely level. upper level. Their cheapest ones. I mean, yeah, I'm just trying to find the cheapest and seeing sixty two bucks. That's still, I mean, for seats where you probably have to get your binoculars out to see the ring. That's pretty expensive. Yeah. 
So And you gotta think, I mean, there's you're gonna be buying at least two tickets. And you're gonna buy a shirt. Possibly, yeah. You're but I mean I mean just ticket wise, just to get in the door at, for you and one other person, you're looking at, you know, close to hundred and fifty dollars and that's for upper level. Now, is the product they're putting on every week worth a couple hundred bucks just for tickets? I haven't paid for tickets in a long time. So you know, but but let's say okay. <laughs> but let, and there's a reason for that. Let's but. say let's say Raw brings another pay per view to Memphis. Now pay per view, that's different. Okay. I mean, because, right. you know, the quality is usually higher. You know, there, there's buildup. You're actually looking forward to it. And, you know. Fastlane. Perfect example, right? Fastlane. I went to Fastlane. I paid for tickets. Uh, I think tickets were, they weren't that high when I went to Fastlane. And I had, you know, I was lower bowl, you know, kind of the back of the section. But, I mean, it was really good seats. And I think. If I spent over $150, it wasn't but a couple dollars more. Okay. I mean, I I did Purdue, and that was for two tickets. Hmm. All right. That's interesting. Now, just imagine... But granted, you know, that was, you know, two and a half years ago now. So, right, I mean, right. you know prices have gone up since then. Now, imagine if, and I, I, I know it's never going to happen, but imagine that um, uh, the Royal Rumble comes to Memphis, how, how expensive those tickets would be. Oh, that's going to be scary. And it's gonna be, and it's gonna hurt because you know we would all want to go to that, but could we really afford that? I wouldn't be able to. I mean, because you know they're gonna, you know they have to charge more for the big four. Yeah, they have to. And you know, if we were to get tickets like where I sat for Fastlane, I'm sure that'd probably be. I'd probably have to pay that much for a single ticket at least. Mm-hmm. Probably one hundred fifty dollars between one hundred fifty and two hundred dollars is what I would expect. Now, and it would be hard to do that. And it would, but I mean, like the year AJ Styles showed up in the Rumble, that would probably be worth the amount we paid for the ticket to see that. Could be, Cause it, I, you know, I, and it just depends on on how the show goes compared to what you know each individual fan wants. Right. I mean, you never well, know hind- what you're going to get going into it. Right. Hindsight's it always going to be twenty twenty. Right. Honestly, with the way the Rumble's gone the past couple of years, <laughs> I don't think I'd want to pay and be a part of it because, like last year, I think. Randy Orton winning the Rumble just right. was ridiculous. That comp- ah, fucking Randy Orton. Here we go again. It always goes back to Randy Orton. But, you know, it's just interesting. And, yeah, I, to me, the product has not really been worth the price of admission that they may charge for some of these seats. Maybe. But, again, like I said, you know, we've we've been fortunate enough to not have to pay the last few times it's come through for yep. whatever reason that is but thank you to you know who you are yes <laughs> <laughs> um so but i mean that that doesn't take away from from the product itself i mean it's always fun when you get there regardless if yeah. if it's a great show going on and all the matches are just you know on fire or anything i mean you still have a good time there cuz i mean once you're there in, in the crowd and you know just the reaction from the crowd, regardless of what's going on, that that enhances you know, your fun. And, you know, for us, it's a little different since we talk about it and put our thoughts on the Internet. And, you know, you kind of start watching it a little differently when you're there. Oh, yeah. You don't, yeah. You know, go, when we were sitting second row that night, you know, it was just, you know, you're not watching it to talk about it. You're just watching it because you're sitting second right. row. And you're and being that close, you feel a part of it. Yeah, yeah. But you didn't. But we didn't take over the show. Exactly. Um, but it's just it's different now that we're doing the podcast, and I'm not trying to um, 
inflate our egos or anything like that. It just seems different when we watch it now because it seems like we're looking for different things as opposed to we're just going to go to the show and be entertained. Right. I mean, like, you know, since we started doing the podcast, all wrestling that, you know, I know I have watched and, you know, probably you too, it we kind of critique it more, I think. We we don't really sit back and watch it so much as as young fans like we used to. Exactly. You know, case in point, the Roman Reigns Cena thing. You know, having right. not done a podcast, you know, if it was just us watching wrestling, holy shit, we would have been going right. nuts. But like instead we're thinking like, man, this is crazy that they're letting them say this kind of yeah. stuff. So let's go through uh no mercy card. Finally, The Miz is going to have a pay-per-view match for the Intercontinental Championship. Against Maybe. It might be on the pre-show. Who knows? Against Jason, could, <laughs> Jason fucking Jordan. They could scrap it before then. Who knows? Just storyline-wise, just to piss off Miz. So, Jason Jordan uh, won uh, that six-pack challenge, and he's going to be defending for the or fighting for the Intercontinental Championship. If they take... The Intercontinental Championship off the Miz and give it to Jason Jordan, I'm gonna be pissed. The only way that they can do that right now is if they do a, a double turn. Like the only way it would make sense is if Jason Jordan becomes heel and Miz would then have to become face. So would like Kurt Angle have to be involved in He'd a have part to. of that? You think yeah. so? He'd help because I mean if 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 Miz loses, the fans are gonna boo anyway. Right. Because the fans right now are really hot, really high on, you know, Miz. And they should be. Yeah. I mean, regardless if he's heel right now, the fans are not behind Jason Jordan whatsoever. I think everybody pretty much thinks that that's just really stale and lame. So if they, uh, the fans would definitely turn on Jason Jordan regardless. Um, so what if they did this? What if Kurt Angle screws Jason Jordan over? That's still going to get a face reaction, even though it's a heel move. <laughs> <laughs> but WWE logic would be like, hey, if Kurt screws over his own son, then Jason's going to get... He's going to be a huge baby face, and all the fans are going to get behind him. And no. No, I, I agree. The story doesn't... The, the story nowadays doesn't determine how the fans are going to act. Yeah. Or how yeah. they're going to respond. I'm just happy that Miz is finally going to be on a pay-per-view. Defending a title that he hasn't had a chance to defend in quite some time. I'm happy that Jason Jordan didn't win it on our Raw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that Battle Royal was so much fun. Yeah. I, w I still need to go back and watch it to see if that uh, spot where they kept throwing people into the big show. If that was televised or if that was just commercial break, yeah. Because that was a fun spot. Uh, as f I think The Miz is going to keep the title. I think so, too. I will be really mad if they take it off. Uh, fatal five-way match. We have Alexa Bliss, the current WWE Monday Night Raw Women's Champion, versus Sasha Bank, versus the returning Bailey, versus Nia Jax, versus Emma. Yes. Uh, wow. <laughs> First off, uh, I don't think the fans reacted for Bailey like the WWE thought they would when, especially being in her home her hometown. Yeah, I mean they were excited, but I, I still think that one girl did who like yeah. just burst into tears as soon as Bailey came out but but you know I think I don't know they, I think they should have maybe kept her off camera just a little bit longer 
Right. And maybe that, then she would get a little more sympathy maybe on Maybe they're return. all cluing in to, like, like, I've seen, and they think Bailey's overrated. Like, let's say, let's say Nia Jax wins the title. I really hope she does. Well, let's say it's a fatal four-way. Bailey hasn't come back. Here's what I would have done. It's a fatal four-way. Five-way now. No, well, now it is, but before. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it's a fatal four-way match. It's between Alexa Bliss, Sasha Banks, Nia Jax, and Emma. Nia Jax actually wins the title. And afterwards, Sasha Banks is still in the ring, and Nia's like, eh, I'm not done, and just starts beating up on her some more. Then the music hit, and Bailey comes out to help defend her friend. Right. Then I think she gets a good pop. People are excited to see her back, and then you can have a championship program between Bailey and Nia Jax. Armchair booking at its best. But right now, like, is Nia Jax face or heel right now? I, I don't know. I mean, everything she's done is heel. But then people if, love her. Yeah, but if she, if she's heel, then that should make Bliss a face. Yeah, I, I to be honest, I, I really don't know because. But they've always kind of done this with the women's division. Yeah, since yeah. the well, women's revolution, there's no clear well, you know, face or heel. That's just wrestling in general, too. It just doesn't seem like they're. Yeah, but I mean, it seems like it's more so with the women. I mean, they don't really have true face and heel roles. It's. They kind of go out there and do whatever they do. If they get cheered, okay, yeah, they're kind of considered face. But at the same time, they'll turn on somebody and they still get cheered. I mean. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It just seems like I, I either want to see two things. I want to see Alexa Bliss stay champion or I want to see Nia Jax win the title. Or a complete swerve and have Emma walk out with it. But that is no way ever going to You know, she happen. could get that sneaky win real quick. And yeah. that would, I mean, so that would, that would be some interesting stories, storyline. Um, I, th- I think I'm going to stay Bliss stays as champion. It's too easy for her to walk out and look, still look strong. Right. I'm thinking, I don't know, they've been flip-flopping a bit. But it, it it's hard to go against Little Miss Bliss. Uh, Even though I do really want to see Nia Jax win, yeah, and, I, and Nia is so damn cool outside of the ring. Like, let me hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to read you a tweet, and then I'm going to read you Nia Nia's response to it. Let me see if the I the one can. about the yeah. Hold on, no, don't don't don't, okay. don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Spoiler alert! I don't spoil it. Spoiler. But it is the the total divas thing. No. Oh, okay. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Well, then uh, I can't spoil it. Okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, stand, what, stand by, folks. Uh, do, 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 do. Well, now, some dude was, like, criticizing her on Twitter, just saying, just saying stupid shit that you don't need to say to a a woman, uh, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. I'm all, I think, okay, here we go. Um, so, Naya took a picture uh, and put it up with her new t-shirt. It says, I'm not like most girls. Okay. And this douche who looks like, uh, let's see, how can I describe how this guy looks? Uh, uh, he looks like a... He looks like hippie Jesus. Jesus technically was a hippie. Yeah, but 
Okay, he's hippie Jesus, crazy hippie Jesus. Anthony, and if you want to find see this interaction <laughs> at Nia Jax WWE on Twitter at Sword of the Lord Seven asks her. I'm going to try to read it. What I think this guy talks like. Why are you not like most girls? Were you born a man or because you're overweight? Nope, because you're related to the rock and get a push to that. Sounds about right, yeah. Naya says, damn, buddy, take a shower, get a haircut, brush your teeth, and find someone to love you. Hashtag struggle. <laughs> Golly, that is funny. She, she destroyed the dude. Oh, dude, yeah. dude destroyed. I'm sure, you know, Twitter's such a funny, funny, funny place the way you get to interact with people. And and online in general. Yeah, but, but Twitter's really because nowadays, you know, these w, Roman Reigns has been clapping back a lot oh, yeah. to people on Twitter. Kevin Owens has been doing it for years; he kills people. But it's just funny that these people think like, "Oh, they're big celebrities, so they may not respond." I'm sure that guy was like, "Oh shit!" Or no, they they do it because they want followers. You know, they want attention for themselves. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Hippie Jesus. Yeah. Uh, next match on the card, uh, who you take? You said Little Miss Bliss. Yeah, I think she'll walk out with it, but I really want Nia Jax to win. Yeah. Nothing against Bliss, if you're listening. <laughs> she loves this podcast. Yeah, she, she told better. me. She yeah. told me. She liked our, our uh, talk about not messing with wrestlers in the airport. Oh, yeah. She, she, oh, yeah. she, she DM'd me that. Okay. She didn't DM me that. Okay. I, I was about wish. to say, I was going to be very upset. <laughs> so, next match is for the Cruiserweight Championship. Neville versus Enzo Amore. Neville. Yeah, it has to be Neville. If they put Enzo Amore, if they put the Cruiserweight title on him. And, like, I haven't had anything against Enzo and, like, all the, the backstage stuff you're hearing I don't about care. him and I don't all care. that stuff. But I didn't realize, let me put it this way, I didn't realize I had anything against Enzo, but when Braun Strowman destroyed him this week... I was very happy. Yep, me too. And I don't know why. It just I like Neville's reaction, how he just came out and was like, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of the reaction I had. <laughs> if I would have been there, I would have been in those shoes. That's exactly what I would have done. Same here. Same here. Braun is such a beast, man. I wish I really wish he could have been here in Memphis. But yeah, that segment was great. Uh I didn't I never watched two oh five live. No, nah, I don't so, either. I hear Drew Gulak is doing a lot of PowerPoint presentations on it now, so that's probably funny. But that's about all I know. Uh, so I'm taking Neville to win the match. Oh, yeah. Next up, we've got Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. Now you watched, what? Now, you watched Raw this week. What did you think of Goldust coming out as Dustin Rhodes? It was different. Yeah. You know, they took – it seemed like Goldust was going back to his old school roots, kind of being like a, a weird Hollywood-loving – Right, sexually ambiguous right. character, and then they, and then it just seems like kind of to just me stopped it. Yeah, it just stopped, and now he's is he coming back as Dustin Rose? Is he going to start wearing the old cowboy boots yeah. and stuff like <laughs> when he was in WCW? Um, so I thought that was interesting. That, but what did you think about them having him come out as Dustin Rhodes? I think they have no idea what they're doing with him. They just don't want to... Hold on, hold on. I think they have no idea what they're doing. Okay. What... <laughs> All right, yeah. That too. Not with just Dustin Rose. Right. But, I mean, I was kind of indifferent about it. I mean, and that whole little angle didn't, like, hook me in. I'm like, oh, shit, I've got to watch this because now he's not Goldust. But 
and that's really it. I mean, it just he came out okay, cool. He's just being Dustin now. Yeah. But you know, with their writing, who knows? Next week he'll be back to Gold Dust, and yeah. Marlena may come back. But Marlena's not coming back. Did you, you know, I heard. Um, I was listening to when uh, Terry Runnels was on Jim Ross's podcast, and did did you, have you did you hear the story of what they wanted to do with her when she first came in to the WWE? Possibly, but they I don't wanted her. Vince was going. They were going to pitch an idea to her, and I think Jim Ross talked him out of this. But they were going to have her wear a strap on to have to make it seem like she may be, you know, that. You can't be sure if she's a woman or not. And Marlena and Terry Runnels was like, you know, she's like, I'm glad y'all never came to that because I would have just walked out the door and left and never came back if that would have been pitched to me. Like, can you imagine? That does not surprise me at all. That just sounds like, let's put her in her strap on. But I mean, that was the attitude era. They were, yeah, yeah, yeah. Writers and all, they were willing to do anything to get ratings. For people that say that they loved the attitude era, like looking back, like. It's amazing that it worked as well as it did. Yeah. But, I mean, they had, you know, true competition at the time, and they had to, so. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were also, you know, they were they were targeting a different audience because they knew that's what would get people talking the most. If they, yep. if they went to, you know, a little more, you know, closer to R-rated, you know, actual, you know, content, that's definitely going to get, you know, people talking about it and watching and that's what you need during you know a monday night war type situation well you also had rock and stone cold and triple h and right t- great re- great great performers so um as for this match now that we took that big segue there um as for this match we're talking about finn balor and bray wyatt i don't know i don't think this is looking good for finn I'm thinking they may. I mean, I know it's a pay per view, and you know, and you know the <laughs> Bray Wyatt's on it. Yeah, so, match, so that's never a good combination for him. Uh, but you know what? I'm going to take Bray Wyatt to win this match. I'm thinking Bray Wyatt will win if there's outside interference from who. They always seem to bring back the Wyatt family at some point. I mean, whenever it gets, you think that's completely done. Eric Rowan will show up and interfere, and then he's back with them. Or I don't even know what show Eric Rowan's on, but maybe, oh, maybe Bailey gets injured, <laughs> or something happens in her match, and she finally comes out as Sister Abigail. That would be great. Wouldn't that be crazy? Or Nikki Storm shows up as Sister Abigail, or something like. No, I'm not expecting any NXT call ups. No. For Not this for show, no mercy. No. Yep. Uh, let's see. Who? So I'm taking Bray Wyatt. Who are you taking? I'm going to go Bray Wyatt on this. All right. Next match, tag team match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Championship. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins versus Cesaro and Sheamus. You know what sucks is that the uh, the club is just stuck in the middle of all this. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're holding them back to to rejoin with Balor. I really hope hope that's the plan. Like Maybe, the, maybe those two help Finn beat Bray. That would be nice. Yep. So I don't know. It just it just uh it just then you sucks. could have the club against the Wyatt family. Well Wyatt well two of them are on SmackDown. Yeah, they don't care about that stuff anymore. Yeah, that's true. John Cena was all of a sudden magically a free agent. So yeah. um Yeah, I don't know I don't know I, I really don't know why the club has to be just stuck in the middle of all this. I do love that 
You know, their big battle cry now is Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Nerds! Uh, but, uh, yeah, you got Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, your champion. They're taking on Cesaro. Cesaro and Sheamus. Uh, they need to just bring the club in as the uh, Southpaw. Their Southpaw gimmicks. Rex, Rex Ferguson, or Tex Ferguson, and Johnny, or... Johnny, Johnny too are. bad or something. something like that. Yeah. Chad too bad. Chad too bad. Yeah, that would be great. Just bring him in as that. You know, they brought in Pelvis Wesley, which, yeah. God, they they didn't think Ooh. that segment all the way through. But anyway, uh, for this match, you know, I I think you don't you're going to keep the belts on Dean and Seth. Oh, easily, yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's amazing how much Cesaro and Sheamus have evolved as a tag team. Where at first they were real reluctant, and then they. Yeah, because, I mean, they feuded for months before that. Mm-hmm. And then they went through the whole, it was like, best of seven series. Mm-hmm. And then Foley's like, yeah, you're going to be tag team partners. Like, what? And then that <laughs> went on for a couple months where they were still, like, not best friends or whatever. Then they finally started working together and then made the heel turn. And, I mean, everything they've done has been great. Yep. Uh, I think so. I'm going to say that Ambrose and Rollins. Yeah, yeah, they definitely keep. They definitely retain. Next match, a grudge match, because I can't think of anything else to call this, between John Cena and Roman Reigns. I love the build-up for this. Uh, one of the best build-ups for this card, in my opinion. Um, the problem is, this just seems like a bigger match than No Mercy to me. And that's how they're booking it. That's how they're saying, you know, this is a WrestleMania match here, but we're giving it to you at No Mercy because we don't have anything else to do. Yeah. You know... Uh, but the the comment that Roman Reigns ra- made this week was so harsh, and it was so great. He's talking about how Cena had told him he was a you know want to be Cena, and he's like, no, do I do I look like you? Do I walk like you? Do I have the same build as you? Do I have you know crew cut you know a military crew cut like you? No, if I did, I wouldn't succeed. Just ask Alex Riley. Oh, buzzinga! Yeah. Ding ding! <laughs> One point to Roman Reigns. It's it's incredible that they've let these guys shoot like they have, and you know it kind of reminds me, um, in a way, like the end of WCW where they were just it was just guys doing shoots shoot promos right. the entire time, which is also quite scary because we know how WCW just end up fizzling out. Great, you know, I don't know if. If it was written for him to say that, I'm sure it was. But the way he paused before he said Alex Riley, it's like he paused and he thought about it and he kind of smirked. And, you know, it, it kind of made you believe that he came up with that on his own right there. And he was, you know, pondering if he should say it or not. Hmm. But then he, he did. I mean, just watch his facial reactions when he says it. But that that was one where as soon as he said it, I mean, I, I literally was like, oh, you you pulled the Derek didn't you? Yeah. you put your fist to your mouth like oh, oh. uh yeah so I think I don't I don't think Roman Reigns has had a bad match here recently mm-hmm. in the past few months uh, so I'm, honestly I don't think he's had a bad match in the last you know few years I mean he's he's been very consistent I mean he gets a lot of hate from the crowd and all but you know he's one of the most solid workers in WWE right now I can agree to that. Uh, and it, it's just, you know, he people are thinking he's getting everything handed to him a silver platter, but he's taken a lot of pinfalls here past year or two. So who knows? Um, as for the winner of this match, 
probably the hardest match to call on this card. Reigns is going over. You think Reigns is going to win? This is a build-up for Reigns. Okay. Because I think Cena is going to be gone for a little while after this anyway. But mm-hmm. I, I really think this this whole thing is to build up Reigns, to get him better on the mic, to where he can hold his own against you know more people, and to show that you know he he truly is the the big young star now. Okay, it's well, almost like a passing of the torch, sort of. Okay, well you sold me. I'll take Reigns as well. Uh, that leaves us with the match, unless they add anything else to the pre-show or something like that. Which I can they probably will. I, I can't imagine they aren't. This is they have seven matches listed on this article I'm looking at. I can't add. Imagine them adding eight or nine. So I'm trying to think of who else could be added, unless they do a random like Hardys versus the Club tag team match or something. Mm-hmm. Or because I mean, it's hard to believe that the Hardys aren't on pay per view. Yeah, it's true, especially Jeff, since like he eventually, he, you know, he originally won the right to face the Miz for this title. But maybe they, maybe, maybe the Hardys are getting involved in that match. It's possible because <laughs> I mean, you know, it could make sense. You know, they come out, get involved with the club at some point. You know, both. You know, you got four teams out there. Because the next pay-per-view that Raw would be a part of should be Survivor Series, I would think. Because yeah. the next pay-per-view is Hell in a Cell, and that's uh, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And then should be Survivor Series, shouldn't it? Yep. Uh, uh, now you know they'll probably... Well, you got that... They got that live show they're going to be doing called Starcade, yeah. w- which isn't a network show, which... I got excited. I was like, oh, maybe, you know, they're starting right. to bring in some WCW shows, but it's going to be a... Non-televised, non-network special. Um, but Survivor Series show. is always the week before no, like uh, Thanksgiving, and that's still quite a long time. So we'll maybe see. there is one more. Maybe. But maybe. still, it, it could be built to that. So we got our World or WWE Universal Championship title match. Brock Lesnar, the champion, with Paul Heyman versus Braun Strowman. Braun is seriously looking like a threat to this title. Just like Samoa Joe did. I mean him. I still love him shrugging off that. Um, the German. The German. That's that was a great. Segment. I mean, just rolled straight through it. And Brock. Up. Brock's all pumped up, and he turns around, like, "Oh shit! Yeah, what have I gotten myself into?" So, uh, and I love my favorite line through all this is Paul Heyman saying, "I don't believe in monsters." Yep. But I believe Braun, Braun Strowman, Strowman is, is one. Mon- is one. Um, so it's going to. It, I think this match is going to surprise some people. Uh, it may be a typical five-minute Brock match, or it could be Braun Strowman just beating the hell out of Brock for 15 minutes. I don't know. Right. But and then I, him getting an F5 out of nowhere and winning just that quickly. Yay. When, um, As far as the match goes, I'm going to say new WWE Universal Champion, Braun Strowman. Really? Yeah. I'm going with it. I think Brock's going to walk out with it still. Okay. I think, you know, they're they're building Braun perfectly to where he should be the one to take it, but they still love that money draw of Brock Lesnar. And I think he's gonna keep it. Okay. Well, we'll just agree to disagree. Well that is it for WWE No Mercy. Um some sad news. Yes. In the world of professional wrestling, because I want to talk about this because uh Bobby Heenan, Bobby the Brain Heenan passed away. I think Sunday, right? Um, and easily, I can say this easily. 
you can, people I'm at Derek Oversell on Twitter. Uh, you can you I'd love to discuss it with you. I would say easily he's probably the greatest manager in the history of professional wrestling. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that at all. He, uh, you know, he was also a great performer. You know, one of my favorite things that he did. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. A lot, go look up on YouTube. Um, you know, back when they called him the Weasel, you know, he'd get knocked out after a match. The face would put him in a weasel suit, and he'd wake up, and he'd be so mad that he'd start acting like a weasel and, you know, slinging his arms around trying to get out of the suit. And the crowd's just, you know, he was the perfect, it was the perfect way to go home happy from a non-televised show. That and how he would take those big punches. You know, if like uh, one of them I remember seeing here recently was, you know, he was, there was a bunch of different people in the ring, but he was mainly fighting against Hulk Hogan. And Hogan did the whole wind up and then, you know, clocked him. And he did a full backflip to sell it. And, you know, most people would never think that Bobby Heenan was, you know, had that kind of athleticism. Because, I mean, granted, you know, most people nowadays, I mean, there's people our age or, you know, obviously older that know that he was an actual in-ring performer. But most people nowadays just really think of him as a commentator or manager. Yep. A great commentator. Him and Gorilla Monsoon were, if they aren't, you know, number one, they're 1A and 1B with Lawler and Ross. Um, I think Heenan is, I think he's probably, I will say he is the best color commentator. Over JR? Well, JR wasn't color commentator. Oh, he was play-by-play. Yeah. Over Lawler? I think so. Hmm. Okay. They both have the quick wit and all, and they're both very similar, but I really think, you know, Heenan, he had... Some of the interactions he used to have with, like, Gene Okerlund or Gorilla and Monsoon. Gorilla Monsoon, yeah. yeah. You know. Would you stop it? <laughs> yeah. Would you stop that? Yeah, I mean, like, you know, he'd get ready. I mean, you can watch plenty of the videos online and stuff and on the network. But, I mean, you know, a lot of times he'd be with Gene Okerlund and Gene Okerlund starts to talk to him. And then, you know, Bobby Heenan just interrupts him. And yep. then he starts talking. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. And then he would interrupt him again. And there was a really good back and forth. Lawler had that with JR, but Lawler was more about the quick jokes. You know, he would get the one-liners in and be funny, but Heenan actually, he truly did kind of play off of whoever he was with. Okay. I am going to, um, I don't want to do this. I kind of want to make this a trivia segment. I want you to see how many people you can name that he managed. Oh, God. Okay, I'm on a Wikipedia article. Yes, I know it's Wikipedia, but it's the best thing I could find. Um, looks like there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I'm going to suck at this. 11, 22, 32 people on this list that I'm looking at. I just, let's just see how did, many. Does Andre the Giant count as like 14 of them at least because he's so big? <laughs> well, you named one of them. You got Andre the Giant. <laughs> I mean, he did so many. Let's just see how many you can name. Um, let me get a let me get a little list going here so I can knock them off on you. See, now that I'm thinking, I'm drawing complete blanks. Okay, so you already said one. 
You said Andre the Giant. He's out. You got him. Good job. Because uh, he did a lot in WCW, too. Yep. Well, he, in WCW, most of the st- all he did over there was commentating when he went over during the Monday Night, right before the Monday Night Wars and stuff like that. He really didn't manage much over there as much okay. as he did commentating. Uh, no, he managed Mr. Perfect. Mr. Perfect, good job. I'm trying to think of who all he managed. You know, it was like the, you know, like a lot of the Survivor series where he was managing like an entire team, but I can't remember who all those teams were. Um, so he one thing that's kind of law lo- that I love Bobby Heenan did back then that you don't see it today is he had multiple clients too. Yeah. That's one thing, you know, they tried to do that with Vicky Guerrero and WWE decided not to stick with it because they wanted to create a feud between, who was it, Dolph Ziggler and my boy Jack Swagger. Right. But they should have just gone with it and let her create, like, her own, like, let her create her new version of La Familia or something with her managing all these different, it would have been, it would have been awesome. And then they tried to do it with Paul Heyman. Yep. Yep. Uh, And they tried to do it with uh, Zeb. Yeah. Well, he just managed. They were really just a tag team, Swagger and Cesaro. So, anyway, they turned on, yeah. Um, back to this list. But then he, he when he brought in Del Rio too. Yeah, that short stint. That's true. Yep. He hated Mexicans, and then he manages oh. one. Anyone else you want to name on this? Try to name on this list. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I want to say the Warlord. Uh, Thought he was part of one of the tag teams or something that he did. I don't know see, why that sticks see. out, but. It's probably wrong. Uh, I am not seeing the warlord on this list. Let me check one other thing, though. Because he's also there's also a stable um, called the Heenan family. Yeah, and I know they were at a yeah at that, Survivor Series, but the warlord is not one of those. Okay. Yeah, you're just gonna have to start naming them because I'm okay. Not. So this is I'm gonna um, on this list I found here. Like as you say them, I'm gonna like be able to picture. But like, yeah, I remember seeing that and that. But Nick Bockwinkle. Yeah, I would have never guessed him, but yeah. Ray the Crippler Stevens, Angelo Poffo, Bobby Duncan Senior, Big John Stud. Okay. Uh, been a long time ago. Ken Patera. Uh, King Kong Bundy. Okay, I remember that one. Uh, I'm going to give you a clue. This dude was this next guy was in two major stables of different companies. <laughs> First person I know it's not right. X Pac because he was no, NWO not X-Pot. and not X-Pot. DX. Uh, two major stables, like different stables in different companies, or yes. Oh, he was in one stable, one company, and then the other big stable in the other company. He's the only man to be on Nitro and Raw on the same night. Oh, okay. Um, Rick Rude. Ravishing, Ravishing Rick, Rick Rude. Rude, yeah. Mr. Wonderful, Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Harley Race. Hercules Hernandez. The Barbarian. The Barbarian. That may have been who I was thinking of. The Red Rooster, which Terry Taylor. <laughs> Red Rooster. The Brooklyn Brawler, which that's a great client to have. Oh, yeah. Rick Flair, which I guess that was maybe on a WWE run. Uh, probably. Uh, Lex Luger, which I think when he was the narcissist Lex Luger in WWE, they oh, put yeah. him. The Missing Link, King Haku, Buddy Rose, Butch Reed. Here's some interesting names. Colt Cabana, 
Okay. So I'm guessing these going to be, they had him come out with him at indie shows. Jimmy Jacobs, Nigel McGinnis. Wow. CM Punk, uh, Baron Von Raschke, Ernie Ladd, Dick Warren, John Jumbo Bailey, Killer Carl Knox, and Masked Superstar. That's that's all it says. It's just Masked Superstar. <laughs> uh, and then here, you know, over the years, he had different versions of what was called the Heenan family. Right. So in the AWA, he had Black Jack Lonza, Black Jack Mulligan, Bobby Duncombe, Ken Patera, The Natural, Mr. Saito, Nick Bockwinkle, Ray Stevens, Stan Hansen, The Lariat, and Super Destroyer, Mark II. Then in NWA, Georgia, he had a Heenan family, and that one was Austin Idle, who made, you know, he was really big in Memphis wrestling. Right. Blackjack Lonza, Bobby Jackers, Ernie Ladd, Carl Cox, Masked Superstar, Professor Toru Tanaka, and Ron Bass. Uh, World Wrestling Association, WWA, he had Angelo Poffo, Baron Von Raschke, uh, Chris Markov, Johnny Valiant, and Jimmy Mercedes, <laughs> Jimmy Valiant, baby. And in the WWE, this is per the WWE Encyclopedia, see if you can name any members from the Heenan family in the WWE that weren't on that. Well, I guess you couldn't. So. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> so Adrian Adonis, okay, Andre the Giant, the Barbarian, Big John Stud, the Brainbusters, Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard, Buddy Rose. The I Bro- would probably guess them. The uh, the Brooklyn Brawler, Harley Race, Hercules, the Islanders, Haku and Tama, Ken Patera, King Kong Bundy, the Missing Link, Mister Perfect, Paul Orndorff. The Red Rooster, Ric Flair, and Rick Rude. That was a, the Heenan family was a stable that started it. It was 1984 and went on to 1992 and through different iterations. Yeah. And so, I mean, it, it if you look at the people on this list, if they wanted you to get made, you're put with yeah uh, Bobby Heenan, and he's so funny on the mic, and he just he was able to get. Good heat that wrestlers and a lot of day can't get. And managers, even though managers are really a, a thing of the past. Right. Um, but some of these, ta- he managed a lot of tag teams. Nick Bockwinkle and Ray Stevens. The Blackjacks, the Brainbusters, the Colossal Connection, which was Andre the Giant and Haku. That's a hell of a tag team. It's a scary tag team. Jesus. <laughs> uh, the Islanders, Haku and Tama. And Haku is the one person that Andre the Giant admitted that he was afraid of. Yep, uh, there was like a lot of people. Oh yeah, I the think, stories I've read about Haku that like wrestlers have put up, but it's just insane. I think like uh, Haku really liked Hulk Hogan for some reason. Yeah, I I, I think I read that. So. Yeah, he he really respected Hogan, and Hogan was the one that basically prevented. He, he basically saved Brutus the Barber Beefcake's life from Haku. Uh, the assassins, Guy Mitchell and Joe Tommaso, and the Valiant Brothers. So. But wow. yeah, at that time, you know, managers had multiple, you know, quote unquote clients. Mm-hmm. You know, because uh, Jimmy Hart managed tons of people also, and they don't do that these days because you hardly have any managers these days. In 1987, Haku had a backstage meltdown with Jesse Barr, who wrestled in the WWE as Jimmy Jack Funk, which allegedly rolled to, r- resulted in 
Fafisha gouging out one of Barr's eyeballs out, causing Barr to later wear a glass eye. After this fight, Fatisha, which is Haku, had a reputation that steered wrestlers away from backstage confrontations. Regarding the rumor, Haku, in a 2011 interview, said, I didn't take his eyeballs off. I was ready to, my hands were in there, ready to take his eye off together. I told Jim, after all these things were about comments made about my hairstyle, he told me to get a comb, and he got fired for it and all these things. Almost ripped the dude's eye out. No, I've heard stories where he was in bar fights, and he bit a guy's nose off. Yeah, I've heard that story, too. Uh, Let's see, let's see, let's see. One story I remember was when it took like 13 guys to get him out of a bar with Ric Flair. He was pepper sprayed and laughed at the cops and broke the cuffs right in front of them. (laughs) Yup. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, this it's just so sad. I was so sad when I read that Bobby Heenan had passed away. Um, And, you know, there at the end, though, he got I know he got throat cancer and he really didn't look like himself and he'd been sick for a while and. Our prayers it's, it's and our, a tough way to go. Our prayers and our thoughts are with the he, any, he and his family as they go through this difficult morning time. And God be with them. Truly a legend. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, when I first, I, I thought they weren't going to do that much for him on Raw. I was like, oh, they better do more than just in memory of. Just the, the one little graphic, oh, yeah. yeah. But then they, then they, they had the, the video, whole video package, package yeah. which the, the people that put these video packages together for them are truly incredible oh, yeah. at their jobs. So the ed, Their editing t- department is top-notch. Yeah, any video package they put together for anything, whether it's you know the passing of somebody or the build-up for a match or, you know, like the, the one where they go overseas every Christmas... You know, tribute to the troops. I mean, mm-hmm. they, it's like they, they know what they're doing and yep. they know they're the, the best at it. Case in point, SmackDown was in Memphis. This was back in the pre recorded days. Uh, they tried to do um, a thing with Big Show. With Big Show, when he tried oh, yeah. to turn over a the truck Jeep. and he couldn't, a Jeep, and he Jeep. couldn't, and he couldn't get it going, couldn't get it going. And, you know, we're in the crowd like, ah, I <laughs> can't do it. Because he was basically, they had the Jeep up on the stage and to show his power and, you know, size and all that, he was just kind of put his shoulder into it and flipped the Jeep on its side. And he tried and tried and kept rocking it and rocking it and it never tipped over. He got pissed off and slapped, open hand slapped the windshield and it shattered. Mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah. And like after seeing that, Every time he does that to somebody's chest in the corner, it, I have a flashback of that, and I just can see in my mind their chest just caving in and shattering like that windshield. Yep, same here. Same but then here. afterwards, they, you know, he got pissed off, did that, and then a couple commercial breaks later, they come back out, they jack up side of the uh, Jeep, and then he comes out, he finally tips it over, everybody cheers, and then when you go back and watch it on TV, all you saw was his first attempt, and they cut the camera angles to where you don't see that it's already jacked up and it tips over. Uh, I'm trying to see, let's see, ooh, an update on horsewomen versus horsewomen. Yeah, I saw that. They're thinking it may happen at... Survivor Series, because they don't know how they would pull it together with everybody being on separate shows, but since Survivor that, Series would be a multiple... That was our idea, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, that's what we talked about last week. 
But then there's also idea. there's also talk of uh, maybe Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Let's see. WWE's internal story regarding headbutt is that there was no blading involved, nor was any blood pre-planned. Before the angle took place, there is nobody talking about blood, and the company is explaining the decision to shoot close up by saying that this instruction that that was the instruction the camera crew was given to capture Vince selling the headbutt, and that nobody knew he would be bleeding. Which I still think he's told Kevin Owens, "Hey, put some stink <laughs> on it. Lay into me." Those that are skeptical of Vince Man. Plan to believe he probably wouldn't tell anyone not to mention the amount of blood that did come out of his head was more than you'd expect from a headbutt. Right. That that but, I mean, it, that was that was genuine. You know he he was split open the hard way because I mean as you watched it happen, as soon as he hit the ground, you could see blood start coming out. I mean he there was no blade job whatsoever, unless Kevin Owens had blade implanted in his forehead. Um. So what do you think about WWE bringing Starcade back? It's ridiculous. You don't like it? Not for the reason that they're doing it. What's Now, explain, for those that don't know, explain what's the reason they're doing it. Uh, there's rumors that they're doing it because at the same time, and it may be in the same town or at least same area, there's Wrestlecade going on. Mm. So they're going to you know, change it to Starcade, hopefully get, you know, more attention brought to it, get ticket sales up a little higher. Just to compete with that. Interesting, interesting. Why? Yeah, it just sucks that you don't bring Starcade back unless you're actually going to do a pay per view. Well, and especially, you know, I think that was Dusty Rhodes' baby, and right, Brandy Rhodes got really ticked off by it. Yeah. Let's see. Let's check out ProWrestlingSheet.com and see what Ryan Satin is saying about it. Uh, do do Bailey returns. Michael Hayes. Right. Well, they invited Cody Rhodes to team with Goldust at WWE Starcade. Right. But I'm sure he's going to turn that down, which I would have. Well, I haven't him seen too. that they actually invited him to do that. It was somebody had mentioned it online, and Dustin, or, you know, Goldust replied. He was like, yeah, you know, why don't you bring him in too? Yep. Uh, I'm hoping it leads, I really hope it re- leads to a War Games match out of all this. It'd Even if nice. it's a network special. Like Roadblock, they did with Roadblock. There's been no better network special than that Japan show they did. No, or was it? Yeah, it was Japan, yeah. right? Where they went, Kevin Owens took on uh, who was the champion at that time. Was it? He took on Finn Balor for the NXT title, wasn't that it? May have been, yeah. And that was also the one like Brock was there, and he destroyed the New Day. Yeah, and I think it was just like billed as Brock versus Kofi Kingston for some reason. Yeah, and Paige, Paige wrestled. And I remember Tough Enough was going on at the same time, and no, only one per person woke up to watch that show. Yeah, and she's like, "I was on that show. I am so insulted right now." Speaking of which, she's been cleared she's, to come back. Yeah, and that's that's great for her. I really hope, I really hope that you know it helps get her away from Alberto Del Douchebag. Yeah. And it helps, you know, get her life back in the direction that it needs to be going. Because she is one of the best actual, you know, wrestlers. I think so. And but, she was, you know, hey, had she, huge following and she was, you know, hot, you know, from the crowd and all that. But then the injuries and then a couple what if, mistakes. What if she comes back as Sister Abigail? <laughs> you it could fit see it'd be fitting. 
It but they're saying she's probably going to be on SmackDown. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. I think I think I love the women that wrestle on Raw, but I think SmackDown has the more talented women's wrestlers. Charlotte, so came maybe back. she needs to be on <laughs> Raw. Charlotte uh, is back, and she's going right. to be fighting at Hell in a Cell. Yep. For the SmackDown Women's Title against, against Natalia. Natalia. Yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. And that was the the match from NXT, you know, a few years ago that was really good. Yeah. A really good match. I'm so behind on NXT and I think Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish had a match on it last night. So I definitely need yeah, to watch it. I still haven't that. watched it. I did see that apparently uh Undisputed and uh is it Sanity? Apparently the they really got they got into it. Okay. I'm gonna watch it probably when we get done here. Um, anything else we need to talk about? I think we, I think we've been going about an hour here straight. Yeah, I think that kind of covered see. everything. Pay per view coming up this weekend. Just this, it's just kind of a slow time in wrestling right yeah. now. It always is this time of year. I mean, there's usually two slow times. I mean, it's the month or so right after WrestleMania, mm-hmm. and then that lull between SummerSlam and Survivor Series. Yeah. And then once Survivor Series hits, everything picks back up because to, you start well, getting into Royal Rumble and yeah, WrestleMania season. Yeah. I, to me, I think there's a lot. Yeah. There's that month of November is slow, which is coming up. Uh, and December, I think, is once you hit January, that's when the ball gets rolling. Right. That's why I think they should give the wrestlers off November and December just to let, after Survivor Series, you start doing best of shows, start doing, you know, sit down interview shows like, remember, <laughs> except for this year. They're actually filming Raw on Christmas. Yeah, that's so stupid. That's so stupid. That's Christmas a, and New Year's. New Year's isn't really that big of a deal. I, right. But, I mean, right. it's still one of those holidays. I mean, most people don't work on New Year's Day, so it is, you know, a holiday. But, you know, Christmas is a big one. I mean, that's... You, yeah, You that shouldn't sucks. be forced to tour the country and, on that day. Well, word is that USA wants them to put the product out. And oh, yeah. really pressure yeah, them, it's, so. it's USA that's doing this. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. I'm sure no one will really be working that day at USA. So, And that's a big deal and all, but I mean, there's also, you know, people haven't mentioned that, you know, other sports do this too. I mean, yeah. Christmas Day is a huge day in the NBA. I, I mean, wouldn't they, know. They do all that. But I mean, Thanksgiving for the NFL, well, Yeah, that's there's yeah. always, you know, a few games. Three. Yeah. There's three. Can't wait. That's always one of my favorite days to watch football. Which is a whole other discussion for right. a totally different podcast. Right. So uh, that's really all I can think to talk about this week. As we like to end every episode, well, let's do some plugs before we go. Be sure you're following us on Twitter. We are at Oversell Podcast, Facebook.com slash Oversell Podcast. You can follow me. I'm at Derek, D E R I C K O V E R S E L L. At WolfMike23. Also, be sure to check out the website, www.oversellpod.com. And while you're there, check out the Amazon link right under. The main player on the main page, and you're shopping. You're just gonna be shopping on Amazon, like you always do. You're gonna, you're gonna we're gonna get a small kickback. There's no extra fees, hidden fees, or anything like that. It's just you helping out this podcast by doing shopping. You're already gonna do on Amazon. Anything you want to add in? People are gonna shop on Amazon. Yeah, like very soon. Because yeah. if they're not already buying Halloween decorations, as soon as that's over, it's Christmas time. You know what we're gonna do? One podcast soon. It's time for us to maybe we'll get a third player over here. It's time for us to play WWE the board game, and we'll just record. We may have to put that on YouTube. We got to like you yeah, know yeah. have video evidence. Yeah, yeah. That this we'll game we're going to do that. That's, that's, so be looking out for that. Maybe in the next couple of weeks, instead of a podcast episode, we'll spend the whole hour 
trying to figure out WWE the board game. Folks, as we like to end every episode, we like to do Superstar of the Week. So, Mike, I ask you, who is your Superstar of the Week? That was pretty intense. Superstar of the Week! Okay, that was yeah, better. Yeah, that was better. Okay. I needed a little bit. Yeah, okay. Uh, I'm going Roman Reigns. Okay. Uh, he's greatly improved on the mic, and I've got to give credit to the to the Alex Riley shot. Hmm. <laughs> Who do, do I want to give my superstar of the week to? I kind of figured you'd throw out Nia Jax because of that tweet. Yeah, I was thinking that. Um, you know what? Let's go. I'm going to go independent, and this woman has been tearing up the independent scene here recently. Her name is Jordan Grace. Okay. Jordan Grace, you are this week's superstar of the week. Give us a call sometimes. Yeah. Well, she <laughs> apparently she charges like you had to have Panera deliver to her to get her for a podcast interview. Oh, okay. So we'll work on it. Work on it, folks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. The easiest way to get to this podcast is to subscribe on iTunes. And while you're there, leave a five star review, folks. That helps us out and gets more exposure to this podcast. So please, if you're listening on iTunes, it's also available anywhere else. Podcasts are available. So get out there and listen. Tell your friends. Tell their friends. And everything lets them help this podcast grow even more, folks. You've been listening to the Oversell Podcast.